You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric Sub here. Excited to be joined by 2017 NLC LA fellow Ray Lopez Chang is here. Excited to catch up with him, hear what he's working on these days. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Ray, you said before we started recording, you were running around, which I, I, I don't doubt. Uh, give people the scoop on why you're often running around the city these days. Yeah, no, of course. So um, I'm working at uh, United Way of Greater Los Angeles as a program officer of education policy and advocacy. Um, so in tandem with my work, I'm also going to school for my master's in urban planning um, with a focus in policy and economic development. So keeping me busy nowadays. <laughs> I bet. And then how long have you been at United Way? So I've actually been here since April of, of this year of 2019. Um, so I had transitioned out of uh, Board District 5 um, right around that time. So I've been here for a little while now. It's been great. And then in terms of things you learned working in Board District 5 for those couple of years, what, what kind of skills have translated well to the job you're in now? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so I would say, you know, one of our, our core values when I was at BD5, which was for about four years, um, was really around capacity building, community organizing and policy. Um, so, you know, spending time there, I, I really got an opportunity to just get a stronger understanding of uh, board dynamics, uh, really the interfacing between our communities and, uh, you know, local government, um, and just trying to kind of create a pressure sandwich, right, where we can capacitate our communities to push um, from from the outside. Um, but so now, you know, at United Way, I'm helping um, with, you know, to lead the class coalition, the Communities for Los Angeles Student Success Coalition, um, and really getting ourselves anchored um, in the space of education. Um, so the community organizing work has been super, super valuable in, in helping to do that. So when you're out organizing and chatting with folks, are you hearing one or two issues bubble up more than others? Are you hearing just a wide spectrum of things people want you to support on? What, what kind of things do you hear the most? So I actually hear um, similar things and, and thankfully, you know, it hasn't been um, too, too different from earlier this year into now, right? Because it's been so recent that I started at United Way. Um, so I am hearing similar things around, you know, pushing for more data to go out to our school communities, you know, ensuring that our parents have a voice um, and, you know, in swaying the Board of Education. But um, I will say that it has been nice to be able to understand you know, how politics work from the outside. You know, I spent so much time um, working on the inside of LUSD that I got a pretty strong understanding of, you know, how things operate within the district. Uh, but, you know, now being a part of an organization that really um, keeps the district accountable, it's really been interesting to be able to see, you know, the, the difference in terms of how folks operate out here and pushing for similar things like supporting our English learners, you know, low-income students, foster youth, uh, really around the LCFF um, uh, typologies. You know, I was talking to somebody about, about board politics, and, and I've been in LA a long time and, and taught here and really only know this city when it comes to what a school board can do or, or has done. Mm -hmm. But somebody asked me what I would think the city's education landscape would be like if the board was not elected, if it was appointed, if it was mayoral control or something like that. Have you ever thought about what changes that would bring to the city if actually the school board wasn't full of elected people, but it was done a little bit differently? 
Yeah, no, I actually think that's a great question. Um, it's, you know, that question itself is uh, the driving force as to why I decided to enter the Masters of Urban Planning program. Um, you know, I think often we see, or, you know, not even often, I think in, in very many aspects, we see um, this uh, divisiveness between, you know, the city council and board of education. Um, and the reason I say that is, you know, I do see that certain partnerships happen, especially around like joint use agreements or, you know, having elected partner. But really, at the end of the day, it's a systemic question, right? So we have, you know, um, a, a very clear line drawn around the fences of schools and saying, you know, this belongs to the city. And then everything that happens inside of the, within those fences is what, you know, the school district is responsible for. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see what that could look like if we were to engage in a more collaborative um, partnership. Um, I don't know, you know, in my opinion, I don't know if we're quite 100% ready uh, to be letting go of the elected board just yet. Um, I think that a lot of our constituencies, especially when I was in Board District 5, like having that direct you know, contact or connectedness with their school board member, um, especially when that board member knows the community so well. Um, and if that were to be under mayoral control, um, you know, the Board of Ed is all, all I have known all my life in Los Angeles. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be able to speak to how well um, there or how much expertise there might be around understanding education issues in the way that board members do. Um, but I do think it brings up uh, a question of connectedness between uh, two different systems, which I think, in my opinion, are very siloed. And then what do you feel like people's misperceptions about the United Way are in the city? Hmm, that's a good question. So um, I think that, you know, United Way plays an interesting role in the LA landscape, particularly because we act as um, almost like an intermediary, right? So we have this connectedness to uh, the philanthropy community, you know, corporate folks, um, really folks who are in a different sector um, than our public sector, right? So we have to maintain those relationships um, so that we can uh, receive the dollars uh, from them because they, they do want to make sure that they're investing in the community and then go back out into our community and say, all right, folks, like, you know, are we working on things together that do support our education initiatives, economic mobility initiatives and our housing initiatives? Um, right. Because we do have a community impact team that has those three pillars. I think, um, you know, oftentimes folks might think that United Way is in a place where it can't be a sole, you know, decision maker around potentially controversial um, or contentious issues. But I do think we have a unique role in being able to build bridges where there often is a lack of communication or no, you know, uh, certain types of miscommunication. Um, you know, many times folks don't see eye to eye in the private sector and public sector or in the corporate community and, and our folks working in, in nonprofit and advocacy. Um, but I do see United Way uh, continuing to uh, play a role in building those bridges. And I hope that, you know, during my time here, I can continue to to find more connectedness between the two. Yeah, that sounds great. When we come back after a short break, we'll talk with Ray a little more about life as a student again. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll be right back. Yeah, Ray, what was the main motivating factor on going back to school? Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, when I finished undergrad, I went to University of San Francisco and I majored in sociology with uh, two minors, one in education and another in gender and sexualities. Um, I definitely needed a break right after undergrad, you know, <laughs> being in school for so long. Um, so after that, I came back down to L.A. You know, it was time for me to come home. 
Um, and I got to spend those four years, um, you know, very grateful to have been able to work for uh, the Board of Education. Um, but I think it was eye-opening for me. And like, you know, as I was mentioning that, you know, the there's not much connectedness between the planning community and education. And even now in my program, um, I'm seeing that education is not talked about in the way it should be when it comes to planning for a city or when it comes to, you know, when people are talking about a thriving community, I see that education is not often at the forefront of folks' minds. You know, people are talking about land use and environmental justice and, um, you know, transit, which are all, you know, all things that impact education, but where is education in all of this? So I think that was really the main component for me um, to be able to go back to school is, you know, I, I, I do want to make sure that in some way, if, if I have the opportunity to bring um, those folks to, to the same table and to engage in a conversation that, that I'm committed to do that. Are most folks in your program similar to you in profile? They've worked somewhere three, four or five years and are back in school or are there folks who are even career changes or even right out of undergrad? What's the actual mix of folks there? Yeah, it's a pretty diverse range. Um, I would say uh, the majority of folks that I'm seeing um, are either straight out of undergrad or have got maybe like a year or two of work experience. Um, and then there's a, a significant number of us who are who have been working for a while and are currently working full time while going to school full time. Um, and there's quite a few parents in our program as well. So that's really nice to have the parent perspective. And then just being a student again, what's the biggest change in actually how a class functions? Is the majority of it uh, technologically very different than what you experienced in undergrad? Is is it actually very similar? People just reading books and you're writing papers? Like what's the actual day-to-day -day life like? Yeah, so I actually entered the program expecting the latter of what you just mm. said. Like, you know, okay. I'm a lot of reading and a lot of papers. And um, I've been very pleasantly surprised. Uh, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of tasking to the students. So in, in most of, of my classes, we actually end up setting the agenda uh, for our syllabus, right? So we, um, you know, are assigned different uh, groups and, and we take on different um, topics and then we begin to, you know, lead some of those lectures in, in our classes. So that's been really nice, uh, you know, to be able to be treated as the professionals in the room and to be able to work with our peers. Um, I, I noticed that professors are a lot more collaborative, you know, than they were in undergrad. Um, those are just general reflections as it relates to entering a graduate program. But I think specifically for the planning program, uh, it, it's been nice that it hasn't been all entirely papers. It's a lot of projects as well, you know, uh, things that I haven't been exposed to, like the design of specific buildings and the relationships with the community that the design of those buildings have, right? Or having to put together um, a small, you know, general plan for a city, um, or identifying specific components um, that have to do with revitalizing the economy of a community. And then in my head, right, I'm always relating it back to education. How does this impact our schools or where are our schools included in the conversation? So it's really nice that it's so project-based, really driven by students. Um, it feels very tailored to us. Yeah, that sounds great. Hey, last thing, we're about to announce um, the 2020 fellows, both for Institute class and the Engage class. What do you remember about Applying to NLC, what do you remember about the experience now that we're about two, two, three years out? My gosh, that was a very exciting time for me. <laughs> I think applying to NLC, um, I was, you know, to be very candid with you, I was a young guy. I was uh, 20, 21 years old, and I didn't want to say that at the time because, you know, I felt very uh, strongly about like not wanting 
folks to judge me for the age that I was. Um, but I do um, know that it was something that I, I felt like um, was going to be a, uh, a launcher into um, a community of connectedness in the LA space. I do remember sensing that. And that was one of the huge motivating factors as to why I did end up applying because, um, you know, NLC had had been thrown around, you know, by several folks. But once I began to see how connected folks were um, how, and how much of a family unit it felt like, you know, that was a huge selling point for me. It's all about relationships at the end of the day. Yeah, that's great. Well, listen, it's great to catch up with you. Congrats on all that you're doing and good luck in school. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of The Zag. You can catch all past episodes and there's a lot, over 150 or so on all the places where you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. They're all there. Download them all and listen. They're short and sweet and full of goodness with progressive leaders doing awesome things in the city and across the country. And until next time, we'll catch you soon. 